Welcome back to the Millennial Pastor Podcast. I'm Megan Pittman, and I'm your guest host for Season 11, where we are exploring worship, the arts, and how they impact our interaction with both God and the church. This season, we are excited to share conversations with all kinds of leaders, artists, pastors, and creatives who share their stories and how art has played an instrumental role in their faith expression. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for this week's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 11 of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. I'm here with our guest today. She is the lead pastor at Discovery Church in Canastota, New York. She studied economics at Oregon State University, has a Master of Divinity, and is currently working towards a doctorate in preaching from NTS, and is the communications coordinator for the Wesleyan Holiness Women Clergy and assistant to the DS in upstate New York District. In my opinion, she's one of the kindest people I've ever met. It's Pastor Janae Meyer. Go ahead and say hello, Janae. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah. It's good to see you. Yeah. Good to yeah. see you too. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today. Um, it's always great to have friends and uh, loved ones on the podcast. And um, I personally am excited to hear from you about uh, just what you think about worship and the arts and how it plays a role in our faith journey. Um, but could you go ahead and let us know a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, um, you covered a lot of it in the bio. I'm the lead pastor in Canastota, New York. I've been here about 14 months. Prior to that, I was in Oregon, so on your side of the the country. And I've been enjoying New York. It started snowing a little today, just Barely. And so that's upstate New York. It's still October and it's snowing. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm currently working on my doctorate in doctor ministry from NTS in preaching. And so that's kind of consuming a lot of my, my thoughts when I was thinking about art. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad you asked me. I wasn't expecting to be asked when I heard this idea, the podcast pitched. Mm. but I'm, I'm glad to be here. Mm. What, what surprised you about being asked just, just out of curiosity? Um, well, I, I can't remember what all, I saw that you were the, the guest host for this season on Facebook and it. But before we jump into that, um, do you mind sharing a little bit about your background? Um, as, uh, I know that you're a part of, uh, the ministerial piece of the Church of the Nazarene, and um, not all of our guests will be from the Nazarene Church, but um, would you mind sharing a little bit more about uh, that background and how you've come to find yourself in this particular denomination? Yeah, um, I grew up in Ohio, and in Ohio, there's a lot of Nazarene churches. Um, So I grew up in the Nazarene Church in Ohio. My grandpa was actually a Nazarene pastor for a little while. Um, and then I, I don't know, I was just a very Nazarene kid. I went to a private non-denominational Christian school, but I just, I love the church of the Nazarene. And I decided when I decided, I graduated from Oregon state, but before that I went to Northwest Nazarene university. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I was there for about two and a half years and I started studying religion and I had a minor in biblical languages and 
but I think after a while, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, what were, I mean, it was just a lot of, it, it cost a lot for a degree. I wasn't sure what I would do with it because I also didn't know if I could be a pastor and didn't want to be a pastor. And so I ended up leaving there, getting married, um, getting a degree in economics, um, and then becoming a stay-at-home mom. And so that's what I did for like a decade. And then probably 2016, I started feeling that call to ministry and started working towards licensing and um, became a pastor, an associate pastor in Eugene, and then a lead pastor. And all of it was sort of baby steps where like, I didn't see it coming. Um, it was just one step at a time, one yes at a time. Um, and yeah. Is there anything else you would like to know about my history? <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. I, I, I find it fascinating to hear that that's where you started. And then not that you veered off course, but you, you just sensed, I think, I think it matters to question if, if what we're studying and what we're paying for will be wise. Like, I think that's a very, like, that's wiser than I was when I was an undergrad. I was like, I'm going to study music and ministry and, and I don't regret it at all. Cause I guess, I mean, I am doing those things now. Yeah. (laughs) There was never a, like, am I going to be able to to get a job that pays with this in my mind. <laughs> I like to do this. I'm going to do, you know, again, kind of. Yeah. Like, anyways. Yeah. And part, part of it, I think it just, I didn't think it was in my personality and just for a lot of different reasons, like even thinking about um, like my art, I had never thought of myself as an artist. I've always been more of the the math and the logical thinking type person. And my husband's the artist. And I actually got into art because I was trying to get him into digital art. And I bought him an iPad. And so like, that's when I started doing the art was trying to get him to do it, which he he now does digital art too. Um, But I never thought I was an artist and it it was the same thing with pastoral ministry like I never thought I was the pastoral type I was terrified of public speaking and so it's all sort of funny like it was one yes at a time where now I'm getting a doctorate in preaching (laughs) and so um yeah sometimes the best preachers are afraid of speaking in public (laughs) (laughs) so you you started to touch on kind of your particular medium or the the expression that you engage with the most do you mind telling us a little bit more about um kind of like what are your predominant outlets when it comes to creative expression or art um well I think there's actually two and we and we didn't talk about this in the pre pre pre-talk but I mean obviously the digital the the podcast before the podcast the podcast before the podcast or the conversation but um the I mean digital art is a big thing and that was also I mean I mentioned it something I sort of stumbled upon and I started doing that when I was studying for my master of divinity um and just started drawing people and like their quotes that I liked from the stuff that I was reading um, as a way of elevating the voices of the people I was reading. Um, and, and I think 
and part of that, like it slowly became more where, where I guess, you know, going along with this podcast, like a way of worship, a way of expression of the Christian faith. I did a, a project in one of my classes for my master divinity on, um, the the difficult questions in the bible like when you're going through hard times like where is god in this and for that project i focused really on there was this um author who was talking about how art doesn't answer the difficult questions but it gives us a way of um expressing expressing the difficult questions in a, in a way that can be heard and understand like it's not offering an answer to the difficult questions but it offers um an expression i guess i, I don't know how to no that's a word that i think that's well um and so that was a big part um a big part of just why i love art but also one of the things people often love is i have a a black jesus that i drew and like I'm surprised like how many people are like so amazed and like think it's such a novel idea just because they haven't really seen that expression in art before. Um, but like I I don't think Jesus was like a blonde, blue-eyed person. And so why not draw Jesus with with some color? And I mean, you can look at history and, and see that because Europe was kind of the predominant um, curator, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, for hundreds of years. Um, and there is something about art and how we want to see ourselves reflected in the things that we create, whether it's conscious or not, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have several iterations of Jesus that are white or Caucasian, right? And Maybe mm -hmm. that Jesus is blonde or blue-eyed, or maybe he's, you know, brown hair and brown eyes, because that's a little bit more true to history, quote unquote, but it's not. It's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I think to myself, I I think it was probably not until college, mm -hmm. but until I saw like an uh, 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 an artist's rendering of Jesus that was not Caucasian or light-skinned um yeah. yeah and and there's there's a whole you know that's that's, a, that's a, another great example of how art can answer questions about you know how our interpretation of god can often go through the filter of how we see ourselves and mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing we could probably spend hours talking about but i love yeah. it it is I, I i think you hit on a good point where sometimes when we put something out there whether it's creative writing or an art piece or a song um, or even pottery. Like you never actually know what's going to hit with people. And mm -hmm. I think it's really beautiful that that has, um, that kind of surprised you. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. So, would, would it be safe to say that you're more of a visual kind of graphic artist like not that that's your only lane, but that's, is that the main way that you find yourself expressing yourself and, and whatnot? Um, yeah, I mean, visually with, yeah, graphics and digital art, 
um, I'm not very good with like a pen and paper. So <laughs> it has to be like that digital aspect. Um, but also like thinking one of the things in my, my coursework now realizing is how much preaching is a form of art and how much that can be an expression of worship. It's not just like the regurgitation of information or the teaching of information, like it can be an art form in and of itself. So that also, I mean, I'm a, a weekly preacher. So that I would say is a big medium of art too, but yeah. the digital art is what I'm most known for. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's I, again, that's why it's important to have a variety of experiences and perspectives because I agree with you. I've, I mean, I wouldn't think about it initially as a form of art, but it's, there's so many things that can come with preaching. And I do, I agree with you too. There's a lot to be said about, are we just trying to tell people what, what is in front of us? Or are we trying to invite people into kind of like what you're referencing with your quote or uh, earlier from that author? Um, yeah it's a response to something else outside of ourselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. And with, with that, um, I'd love to invite you to maybe play a little game with me before we go. Okay. There's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of an experiment. So thank you for bearing with me, Janae. Um, yeah. Since this is the millennial pastor podcast and not all of our guests are millennials and that's good because we do need that variety of perspectives. I thought it'd be fun to play a game where I ask my guests to name a song based on lyrics from the most popular worship songs from 1981 to 1996. <laughs> so well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to okay. read some lyrics and see if you can guess the title of the song and bonus points um, because there's a huge prize of knowing the songs and that is the prize. <laughs> <laughs> If, if you can name the artist as well, that'd be, that'd be pretty impressive, but, um, okay. Be willing to try. <laughs> <laughs> and how many songs are there? I've got three. I'm not gonna read the whole songs, obviously, but just like a snippet, like a verse or a chorus. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So song one, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing power and majesty, praise to the King mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. Shout to the Lord. Is that the name of the song? Yes, it is. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> nice. Do you know who sang it? Um, I feel like I would recognize it if I saw it, but I can't think of it. Yeah. So this song was originally, I don't know if she wrote it, but I know she definitely sang it. Her name is Darlene Check. Okay. Yeah. I did not recognize that. <laughs> okay. Good job. Round two. When I feel afraid and I think I've lost my way, still you're right there beside me. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Yeah, that that's thy word. Yes. Um, and that's Amy Grant. That is Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith. But yeah, absolutely. And Michael, okay. Yeah. Um, they were my favorite when I was little. Yeah. My first concert was Amy Grant. Really? That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely associate Amy Grant with my mom a little bit, but I, I, 
there's some songs like I, I I've fallen in love with and then I don't know who sings it and also like it's by Amy Grant I'm like oh that tracks that makes sense <laughs> yeah. all right great job you're doing amazing that's two for two okay here is the last one okay this is the day this is the day that the Lord has made that the Lord has made we will rejoice we will rejoice and be glad in it and be glad in it is the name of the song in the lyrics you just read? Like, this is the day that the Lord has made. Is that the name of the song? Yeah, it's this is the day. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, let's be real. Most worship song titles come from the chorus, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you did it. You got three for three. You did it. And and that song was um or do you have any guesses for who 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 sang that song or who did that song who wrote it? No, it just it makes me think of camp. Like I feel like that's a camp song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I've never heard this name before, but Les Garrett. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Good job. Thank you for for doing that with me. <laughs> I yeah. I was telling Janae earlier. I was like. I, uh we can't play the songs because of copyright infringement unless it's a hymn right <laughs> and then even then yeah. the right version of him like if it's a popular song anyways you did great that was awesome <laughs> and, <laughs> thank you um so with that we we kind of touched on earlier how worship when we kind of say that word and we're thinking of church context right we often, mm -hmm. our minds typically are drawn towards instruments, vocalists, songs, kind of corporate singing, right? Um, when when that word worship is used, I know we, we talked that that is kind of what comes to mind, but but when, when we're thinking about it more broadly speaking, um, what like what does worship mean when you're thinking about the context of a faith journey? Yeah. Um, when I think about worship, I always, yeah, the first thing, you know, that comes to mind is singing and, um, like that time, the three songs or four songs during the, the church service. Um, and one thing I'm always talking with my congregation about is like, you can worship other ways. Like I always, our time of giving, like that's a way to worship God by giving back to God, what God has given to us. Um, but also like the sermon is worship and just the way we, we live our lives can be a form of worship. Um, and art, I'm, I'm still processing through and thinking, thinking this part through, but art, I think, is also obviously because we're talking about it on this podcast, a form of worship. And I was thinking, even um, we were talking about Black Jesus earlier, and I was thinking about how when I started doing art, like it started as stuff that I was reading and you know drawing people, but then I started to, at one point, trying to intentionally draw like to make it more 50 50 or like to intentionally draw people of color and just realize like how hard that was just because like the influences, like a lot of the theologies that we read and consume are white men. Um, and so like doing intentionally to read other more diverse 
voices and to include it in the art like it it was difficult but it was like a a discipline almost like a, a practice or a spiritual discipline and I think that too is a form of worship in that we're we're seeing beyond ourselves if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. and realizing that without multiple voices and perspectives and experiences that there's a lack right yeah yeah um, one reason I I was really excited about kind of exploring an expansion of worship beyond the three to four song right the three songs announcements yeah. uh sermon communion tithe offering and song blessing right like it there's kind of a formula that's come out of um, uh, most, I would say, pr predominantly like Western Protestant worship mm -hmm. services. Um, yeah. And it, 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 since we're specifically talking about the, the worship service at this moment, um, it's always interesting to me that the more I learn about history of liturgy and litany and and all these things that, you know, these big churchy words that really just mean what we do when we're together, right? <laughs> the work of the yeah, yeah. Um, and how like, you know, not so long ago, the sermon was not the central focus of the service, but communion was, mm -hmm. you know, the Eucharist was. And how through, you know, various shifts in culture and it's interesting to see how even in what we choose to do together um, says a lot about what we care about. Um, and yeah. So for me, I'm like, why do we care so much about having music on Sundays? Like I'm a musician. I love that we sing together, but not everyone yeah. likes singing corporately. <laughs> and so why... <laughs> why do we keep coming back to this thing and are we missing out <clears throat> on other creative expressions yeah and like what do you I mean do you have any thoughts about you know why you think we have such a huge emphasis on music or 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 do we you know do you see in the local church maybe you know maybe this is my experience where like there's there's images and art around me but it's not emphasized or focused on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on yeah. that? <clears throat> um, well, I, I have a couple of thoughts. Cause I know like during COVID, one of my friend's churches that you did without worship music for, you know, the period of COVID just because it was like a super spreader, but, and it was, um, and so it was unique that they worshiped without, I was going to say worship without worship, but wor worshiped without singing. And even in my local congregation, it's a smaller church. And we recently had a, a falling out with the worship team or the music team, the singers had left. Um, and so there was this, like a couple weeks of struggling to get like, a new singer and there was one week where I was leading hymns with um a gentleman in the congregation and I am not the best singer or leader I don't know much about musical things um 
but it just it felt like it was so important or like a must like it's is it even church if we don't have songs um and so that that has been interesting um and I, I don't know if I'm answering your question at all, because I, I I don't know why it's so important, but it does seem to be like that's where we get that's where we focus on what worship is. And I'm even like I have this like theory that um in America, like we don't like silence, we don't like stillness. And so like music is a way to fill that. Um, and nothing against music or singing, <laughs> um, but like it's 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 a way where because I think silence is also a form of worship, and I think it, corporately we need a little more silence. Um, yeah, I fully agree. I I think about there's this you know there's running jokes that I found amidst worship leaders and song leaders and worship pastors of like when when the music is over but the pastor or a pastor comes up to pray right and then you you still have the pianist playing chords underneath the prayer or or you have the like it's called a pad the like ooh, kind of like humming yeah. background. it's like why do we need it and and, and 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 there's something to again part of art is beauty right part of art is mm-hmm. adding um something that maybe is not necessary, but is just beautiful. And I mean, we art, art, some art is necessary, I would argue, but why, why, why are we, again, why are we doing that? Why can't mm-hmm. we just pray? <laughs> why can't we yeah. be in silence? I, yeah, I fully agree with you. I, yeah, I could, I could go off, but um, yeah. And thinking about that and thinking about how art and worship kind of coincide with one another. Um, how do you think that art is necessary or do you think that art is necessary when it comes to a life of faith? Wow. Um, I think that, that that's a good question. Cause I think also like touching on earlier, the, you know, art is a way to sort of answer those difficult questions. And I think in life, we want like concrete answers, like we want yes or no, black and white. Um, But faith doesn't offer that. And I think art is a way to um, express the emotions of faith without giving those concrete answers. But also, I, one of my favorite poems there's an Emily Dickinson poem um it's called tell all tell all the truth but tell it at a slant mm-hmm. um and at the the end of the poem she says that um that truth must dazzle gradually or ever or else every man will be blind mm-hmm. um and I think about that a lot with art but also in preaching because like, and when you think about like how polarized our culture and world is, like if I were to go up and tell you, you know, like tell you the blunt truth, like half the congregation is gonna like 
like be firing out in all cylinders where they can't even hear like what you're saying because like they're emotionally attached to this theology or this political figure. Um, and so I like to think about the truth must dazzle gradually. And so like we're, I think Fred Craddock called it overhearing the gospel where you're, you can express that through art, through sermons as a, and so I think going back to the question, like it is necessary in the life of faith, because I think especially now we live in a culture where people don't want to be told what to do, but people, people are more open to being inspired, um, inspired by art, inspired by sermons. Um, yeah. How has art influenced your faith journey? You did mention um, the some of the other guests to me, and I would say the you mentioned Scott the painter, and that art big hope has. I'm not sure if he's going to be a guest, but we're <laughs> yeah, Scott. But we're hoping, but but just talking about him and his art like that has influenced me um, in just my prayer life. Like he had like a very simple prayer book and just that has influenced me. But also, I don't know if this is like a negative, trying, I'm trying to think through what I'm, I'm wanting to say as I'm saying it, but the looking at the Protestant Christian art, the Eurocentric art um, that has helped shape, like influence me in that, like realizing we need more diversity in our art. We need more, we need more voices in our, our Christian theology. And, and a lot of that is stuff that I'm sort of studying right now in my my doctorate program is like our history. I've been reading a lot of our history and how um, white centric it was and how even stuff like the Ku Klux Klan had influence in the holiness movement and how um, moving forward, we need more diversity. I feel like I keep beating this drum throughout this conversation, but like how we need diversity of voices to move forward in our faith journey. And I got kind of sidetracked there from the actual question, but I think that's how art is influencing me right now is just noticing how often um, in the American Protestant white evangelical church, how often art is lacking that diversity in culture. And Yeah, I think, I could add my own thoughts to that. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that um, I'm almost afraid to say this out loud, right? Because words can be used against you, right? And people can become emotional. And um, mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said about um, if we really believe that all nations and all um, ethnicities and languages are going to be a part of the people of God, then we have to acknowledge when one group has taken up more space than any other. And yeah, I think that there's a hard conversation that's happening around the world, but particularly in our context, you know, 
um, how, like, we hear the word diversity and people mm-hmm. are either um, excited or their, their, their spines kind of prickle up a little bit, right? And um, yeah. there's this fear of exclusion, right? Like, or people don't perceive them to be a part of the predominant voice, the predominant Eurocentric Caucasian white, right? And mm-hmm. when it comes to art, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of influence where we're not saying that an image of white Jesus is bad. We're not saying yeah. an image of Jesus that's blonde and blue-eyed and, and lighter skin is inherently evil. We're not even saying that. But what we're saying is when that's the predominant image and the only one that is portrayed as good, then that says mm-hmm. that teaches something to people. I, I think some of the things I've been most positively influenced by is seeing, um, if we're talking about like art that specifically is about, you know, characters from the Bible or the gospel, or, you know, we think about, I, I kind of use the idea of Mary holding a baby Jesus in the previous episode of, um, mm-hmm seeing Mary and Jesus portrayed in all different cultures, um, Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, from like, as if they were from India or from um, South America or from uh, Canada or from, you know, Australia or or Africa. Like, I, I, I think there's something powerful because again, we are made in the image of God Mm -hmm. and that itself is a creative expression. Yeah. yeah, and I think yeah. also, like, what you were just saying, I think we also, especially in art, tend to sanitize things, um, because I I have one of my drawings is of Mary, and I, I use the, yeah. I use the home birth, like a, a picture from a home birth as inspiration, and I know, like, the quote I use is from um, like before Jesus is born, but I have, a, I drew her with like this baby, um, a little wrinkly, my husband says he has too much wrinkles, but a little like wrinkly baby on her chest. And, and not that like that picture is very like graphic, but it's, it's less sanitized than other art I've seen of Mary. And I think so often when we only have the sanitized um, I always criticize the song Silent Night because mm. like when you're having a baby, it probably wasn't a silent oh, night. And, <laughs> um, and so much of like Christmas music is about like the silent, clean, sanitized, holy night. Um, and I think real life is just is messier than that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's, um, I'm gonna look it up as we're talking, but there's a carol that like a Christmas carol um that actually talks that we we never sing it in church like I think I've only oh it's called um Coventry Carol and it's it's about Herod and it's about Herod setting out to kill all of the the newborn babies in in Bethlehem and in that area of the world mm-hmm. and it's like we don't sing it in church what it's kind of hard to sing I will say personally I think it's yeah <laughs> melody from a logistic standpoint but it's not pretty and it's not I think sanitized I think that's a really interesting yeah to use and and I think yeah and again I'm kind of repeating myself a tiny bit from the last episode but I think 
part of why maybe artistic expression or like figuring out what role does it play in our worship or or worship services if we want to be that that specific mm-hmm. is because a lot of art isn't going to give us perfect clean cut answers and yeah a lot of people are going to church right now because they want answers for life um and yeah and that that makes me think of my least favorite song can I share my least favorite worship song I love love hearing about people's least favorite worship songs it makes me so happy I don't know why (laughs) yeah go ahead sorry (laughs) I I just I remember and I guess like going back to like my background is after college I went through like a period of deconstruction like deconstructing my faith but still always went to church and I remember there was a song the worship team would always sing about um like when they met I can't remember the exact lyrics but like when they met Jesus then it was it was happy all the time like it was sunshine all the time and I just remember like every time we would sing that song I'd be like not everyone's happy like it's not always like some people have depression some people like it's not it's not that way and I think that's another reason why we need to desanitize some of our art and our worship expressions and I really love what um the what is it the porter gate is it porter gate and house common hymn porter house yeah porter house and the common hymnal um Good. yeah yeah they both have like worship songs that are like lament and and I think we need more of that because otherwise we're just that happy all the time where it's really we're just hiding the the truth that's good yeah I think I think there's something to be said about art helping us explore the truth of where we're really at and and yeah I I tend to err on the side of being a bit more melancholy and a bit more comfortable with lament. Right. And, and, and Mm -hmm. that's not always been the case, but my, my whole thing is like, I have to make sure that I'm not like as a worship leader, as a worship pastor, I, I have to make sure that I'm not projecting my own personal faith journey upon my people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you know, like, I think sometimes preachers will use the phrase, like, I'm preaching to myself today, right, and, like, there's nothing wrong with that, because I, I, I think yeah. there are times, right, where us as leaders, and, 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 you know, whether it's a pastor, or a lay leader, or a singer, or, you know, however we are leading, right, our people, whether it be on a Sunday morning, or otherwise, right, um, mm-hmm being honest about where we're at and what we're struggling with can be huge for people. Um, but also making sure that we're not (laughs) using Sundays as a therapy session is what I, (laughs) yeah. but I, I have to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm keep, I'm keeping an eye on my people and being like, we, we don't need to, I mean, we need both, right. We need art Mm -hmm. to help us lament and rejoice. And I think I think you yeah. have a preference for the happy, arguably easier feelings, but um, mm-hmm. that's a huge, that's a, that's a good point. It, I wonder if it was happy day. 
if that's the song that you're thinking of. How does it, how does it go? Oh, happy day, happy day. No, no, it, it's a hymn. Interesting. I can probably find it. I'll look it up. You'll have to send it to me later. I think that sounds fascinating. Well, Janae, I, I could ask you more questions, but I'm, I'm really curious to know um, if you could pick one thing for our listeners to walk away from this conversation with, um, what would the one thing be that you'd want people to take with them? I would want people to, to look beyond like their own, their own perspectives, I guess, to look at, look at art that's different from their normal, to look, to, to even, um, yeah, to look beyond their own experiences with art and look for more diverse diversity. Because I think that we can learn a lot when we're listening to other people and we see how other people worship God. Because um, I think too often we think that our way is the right way and the best way and the only way. Um, and that's how we end up with like the formulaic three songs in the sermon. Um, but yeah, I think we worship a God who created so much diversity um, that it's an, it's an expression of worship to to listen to other people, to sit in the 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 second seat, to to sit in the silence of giving other people the the foreground and yeah. I love that. And I think I did I did find the song. <laughs> For my, I'm stuck on this. So curious. Except for my phone's not working. It's it's a hymn that I think it's called "For Such a Worm." Am I? Is that it? For such a worm, am I? Man. Alas, did my savior bleed? No, it, like it was a more contemporary. But it, I'm trying to find the. It's a hymn, okay. but it was like made contemporary. I'm sure somebody listening will know it, but it's. It uses, and now I'm happy all the time. Okay. And, yeah. Well, if you know that song, um, we encourage you to leave a review and let us know what it is. <laughs> as well. um, but, Janae, I just want to say thank you for your time, for your insight, for your experience. Um, I think by listening to you and, and having these conversations on the Millennial Pastor Podcast, we can practice the thing that you just named of um, listening to other people who are different from ourselves and trusting that we're going to um, see God at work when we make room for other people. I think that I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to thank you for your time and, and just want to, to encourage the rest of you to make sure to, to stay tuned. Um, really quick, Pastor Danae, is there anywhere on social media that people can follow you that you would like them to follow you on or any ways that people can keep an eye on any kind of art or sermons that you are uh, creating in the world? Yeah. Um, I, I have a Facebook and an Instagram for my art. I think it's Janae.Meyer um, for both of those, but also like my personal Facebook, I am always accepting friends. So people <laughs> can reach out. To I mean, however, I'm, I'm easy to find. I feel like I put, I leave most of it like public. So I'm easy to find. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will make sure to link those in our notes below. Um, 
Thank you again, friends, for tuning in to the Millennial Pastor Podcast. Our guest this week has been Pastor Janae Meyer. I am Megan Pittman, and stay tuned for more great conversations going forward.